0: August 13. Imagine the worst thing that could happen to you. Then, still imagining, relax your heart and accept it. If you can bear that visualization, inner freedom will be yours. Why not then accept whatever comes? Do you fear death? It can't be avoided, so why fear it? When it comes, accept it willingly, even gladly. For know this, you yourself can never die. Now that is a super challenging thing to imagine. Imagine the worst that can ever happen to you, relax your heart, see if you can bear the visualization. Now I think this should be practiced judiciously. Sometimes people say if you visualize something you'll attract it to you. So he's not talking about a visualization that, that puts you in such an emotional state of fear that the vibration that you're emanating is one of fear and anxiety. So this has to be exercised. He says, imagine the worst that can happen to you, but imagine the worst that can happen to you that you can contemplate with sufficient equanimity that you can then relax your heart. I mean, do you understand the the nuance here? And I've said this earlier in various ones of these that I've been commenting on, this is not a beginner's book. It kind of is presented so cheerfully, living wisely, living well. It even has this beautiful sunflower on it, as if it were like a little book for children. It's not. I mean, think about your handshake, perhaps doesn't seem so important. A few tips for leadership. Imagine the worst that can happen to you and visualize it. I mean, we're, we're not talking about just making yourself feeling a little better. We're talking about God-realization. So if you're serious and you really do want to overcome your karma instead of just acting it out this life and acting it out next life, then you have to be able to realize that this is really what's being asked of us. We must be afraid of nothing. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's from the Bible. That's what that's what Paul said, Saint Paul says. Perfect love casts out all fear. So whatever we're afraid of to that extent, we don't love God enough to trust that if it comes to me it's going to be all right i remember once when i was faced with a difficult decision this was many years ago and i i had to really commit myself in a way that made me exceedingly vulnerable and i it was a considered decision and i was trusting circumstances and people and i was really but i was really putting in myself in a position of great vulnerability and i was trying to be at peace with the decision I was going to make. And I tried to make myself at peace by telling myself that all the people involved could be trusted. And then I thought to myself, well, yes, they're all people of, of great integrity with great positive aspiration, but then I had to be honest. I'm a person of integrity with great aspiration, but sometimes I can't live up to my aspirations. Because my weaknesses are stronger than my resolution. I know that. And also, karma happens. You know, you, you're, you think that, that, that everything is set, and then either a temptation comes or a catastrophe comes or something comes that just knocks you off your path. Living in community, I'd seen it happen a lot of times. So I said to myself, I can't make myself safe by guaranteeing that everybody's going to behave properly. I mean, I don't have the power to guarantee it. I mean, I don't have the power to guarantee myself. I can guarantee my intention. Can I guarantee that I'll never fall from my intention? I can't do that. So how much less can I guarantee that people, of, other people of free will will also never act differently than I want them to, be, to act? Uh, a friend of mine spoke once of feeling betrayed by certain things that friends did, I said, what did they do? And what they did was they failed to live up to their own aspiration. I said, they didn't fail you, they failed themselves. And that's what they failed. They had an aspiration. They presented it to you as if it were a fact, but it wasn't a fact. They couldn't live up to it. But they weren't doing that to you, they were doing it to themselves. You just happened to be standing there when it happened. So in any case, I was in that position, and I realized that I couldn't trust people. It just wasn't sensible. I, I shouldn't have entered into it unless I had reason to believe that it wasn't foolish. But I also had to... The only, the only absolutely trustworthy element was God. And that if God caused me to suffer because I had committed myself and not everyone was able to live up to the commitment then God would also see me through it. He would say, it's, I could know it was necessary for my soul freedom, for me to be disappointed or hurt or whatever, however I decided to take it. Because God is the only trustworthy thing in the world. And every fear comes down to a lack of trust in God. Because if we did believe that there is a loving divine, infinite mother, um, who loves me unconditionally, and is always with me, leading me by the hand from delusion to freedom, then why would she take me through pain and suffering, unless it was the only route? You know, sometimes when you, to get from here to there, you have to go on a bumpy road that goes on the side of a precipice, but you wouldn't choose to do it unless it was the only way to get there. I went to Badrinath in India, which is this ancient temple dedicated to Babaji. It's at about 10,000 feet. And the first time I went there, the road had been not completely, but um, a lot of it washed out by the monsoon. And uh, I'm not inclined to be frightened on pilgrimage, but it was a really scary road super scary. But it was the only way to get to Badrinath. And I wanted to go to Badrinath, which turned out to be one of my favorite places on the planet. I want spiritual freedom. And if Divine Mother leads me through dark valleys of the shadow of death, I have to believe that that's the only way for me to get there. So why would I be afraid? And I have to believe also that whatever test she sends me, she will also give me the power to face it. It may take everything I have and more than I thought I had, but we are never tested beyond our capacity to rise to it. And we are usually tested beyond what we believe to be our capacity to rise to it, you see, so it gets very complicated. So when Swami says, imagine the worst and see if you can relax your heart, What before you can even begin that practice, is there must be a strong relationship within you to the power and presence of God. You can't beat back those fears just by believing in yourself, for example. There was a, an earthquake in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, where I live. Now it was 1989, quite a long time ago. But it was uh, it was a bad, a bad earthquake, worse than anything that's actually happened since. And a portion of the Bay Bridge collapsed, the bridge between Berkeley and San Francisco. And a few cars were caught in that. And I was working briefly, I did a few leadership courses in a local corporation. It was not my work, and so I did only did a little bit of it. But it was right at that time, and the wife of one of the employees of that company, which was not that large, was in a car that was crushed and she was killed. And one of the agreements I had with the HR director who brought me in was that I couldn't talk about God, I couldn't talk about spiritual things. So we designed courses that didn't require me to do that. But she wanted me to come in and give a course that would reassure people about the extreme anxiety that had been created by the wife of one of their employees being killed on the Bay Bridge during an earthquake. I mean, I knew two different people who crossed that bridge literally minutes before it collapsed, but it wasn't their destiny to be killed, so they crossed it and they were on the other side, and they were just past it, a few miles past it, when it crashed behind them. So I said, well, I don't know how. I thought a moment, and I certainly wanted to help. I said, but I don't know how I can reassure them without talking about faith in God. And she said to me, well, can't you just tell them to have faith in themselves? I said, well, they could have all the faith in themselves that they wanted to have. But if it was their destiny to die on that bridge, they were going to die on that bridge. I said, that's that's a lie. They're not. In, we're not in control of our death. We're not really in control of our lives. We just imagine that we are. So I said, I, I can't. And so, that was, I never went back to the company for many reasons, but I simply couldn't do it. So it's not really possible to face into our worst fears, relax in the heart. Well, let me phrase it differently. It might be possible if you're sufficiently courageous in yourself, but the real power that we want, because Swami then just takes us on to death, that power must be based on something other, something other than just the ego and its confidence. We have to have some relationship to a greater reality. You don't have to call it God. You can call it the great white apricot if you want to. But it just has to be the realization that I am part of a bigger whole, that I am part of a greater reality, is actually the simplest and the, really the clearest way to say it. You know, I am not alone. I am part of a greater reality. and Therefore, when death comes, when disaster comes... It's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not just my little ego trying to control the uncontrollable, you know, standing on the edge of the ocean and telling the waves to stop. I just have to ask myself, what am I afraid of? And I find it to be just a marvelous exercise. What am I afraid of? Why does this frighten me? And, you know, the, the most obvious answer is, well, come, What's well, going to be painful, I'm going to be lonely, I'm going to lose, I'm not going to be able to pay the mortgage, you know, whatever it might be. But then you just ask yourself again, why does that frighten me? What am I afraid of? And that's just a simple question. What am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? And then why am I afraid of that? And these are not small exercises. This isn't something, oh, I'll make a list and I'll do three tonight and four tomorrow and by the end of the week I'll be done. These are lifelong, where we just keep asking ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper, why does this frighten me? And what could I do to overcome that fear? And then Swamiji recommends, you know, just go all the way to your deathbed. I've been present at a number of of moments of passing for a number of people, mostly from Ananda, but not all. And I'm very familiar with what a deathbed scene often looks like at Ananda: the friends coming in, usually we often we're playing Swami's voice chanting Om or the mantras or or people are chanting or praying or doing healing prayers, and I've watched the person who's about to leave their body withdraw and withdraw. And sometimes I've really enjoyed imagining my own deathbed scene, imagining the people coming in and out, imagining my being aware of who's there, but gradually um, changing my consciousness to the spiritual eye. I imagine myself just letting go of all of it, I see my face becoming gaunt in that particular way that often happens when a person is near death. I see myself letting go of everything I worry about. I love it, I have to say. I just love it. I just love being able to think. Let's see, how did he say it? St. Paul. St. Paul these were his words when he just before he was execute, executed. I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. Oh. I finished the race. That's what we want to be able to say. And then they, he went off and he was killed. But he didn't care. I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the race. That's victory. Swamiji says Imagine the worst thing that could happen to you, then, still imagining, relax your heart and accept it. If you can bear that visualization, inner freedom will be yours. Why not then accept whatever comes? Do you fear death? It can't be avoided, so why fear it? When it comes, accept it willingly even gladly. For know this, you yourself can never die. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.